Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CrossGen Podcast. I am your host, Walt, and I am joined today by the two other hosts in this podcast. Guys, say what's up. What's down? Hello. Oh, that's a little bit better. You need the microphone in order to talk. Yeah, that's how podcasting works. I'm back. All right, guys. um, Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about two things. We're going to be talking about WB's new game, the Multiversus. And we're going to be talking about, ironically, one of the best Predator movies to come out. That is the exclusive to Hulu film, Prey. But before we start, I do want to remind you guys, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the CrossGen podcast. If you're listening to us on the podcast apps, that's iTunes, um, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc., etc. And if you're watching on YouTube, please rate. No, I'm sorry. Please like subscribe, and hit the notification button. So then that way you can get notified for all our awesome videos. Um, And on that note, I think we should get started, right? So Eli was the one that was kind of like really, really excited about Multiverses. Um, That's a free-to-play fighting game that's developed by Player First Games and published by... The studio that's kind of been in the news, but not for very positive things. But anyway, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Um, now, this game, a lot of people look at it and they say it's a Super Smash Bros. clone, right? Um, yes. But what what Warner Brothers has done is that they've kind of dipped into their awesome uh, stable of characters, you know, you'll have on this game people like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. You have the DC Trinity there. But you'll also have Shaggy. Shaggy. You'll also have, um, what is it, Steven, Steven's Adventure, right? I think it's Universe. Oh, yeah, Steven's Steven, Universe, yes. Steven's Universe. And then Adventure Time is in here, right? Yeah. Yeah, Finn and Jake. Yep. Um, so there's a Shaggy. Like I said, Shaggy's in this also. Um, and... Funny enough, which is kind of a weird thing, um, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones makes an appearance, which is oddly weird, but works at the same time. You got guys like Tom and Jerry as well. So there's a lot of characters. Oh, and I forget. Personally, the, the, the reason why I think this game exists, LeBron James. LeBron James. Right? Oh, boy. Because LeBron God. James, if you look at it, with the Space Jam movie, um, they utilized all the WB characters, right? And so um, I'm pretty sure somebody in WB Interactive said, hey, we've got all these characters. Why don't we make a game out of it? Hmm. But that's me me speculating. So, E, you've played played the game more than we have. Um, We did try it last night, but you spent some time with the game more this morning so walk us through what the game is and and what it's like um the game is basically uh a super smash brothers uh styled game 
with uh, the, the fighting me- mechanics and everything. And basically, it's just Super Smash Brothers with <laughs> Warner Brothers characters. That's really all there is to it. So Except it's they a have clone. a battle pass. Huh? So it's a clone. You admit it. Not a clone. It's definitely not a clone. Yeah, but I think it's, it has enough stuff that kind of distinguishes itself yeah. from it's a, it's its own Smash genre. Brothers, right? It's its own genre. So it's not necessarily a clone, I would say. But I mean, uh what is what my experience with it or whatever. Yeah, how how'd the gameplay? The the gameplay is definitely fun. It's not a gameplay I have any problems with because the game is really fun to play, especially with when you're with like a party or whatever. I mean, the game was built for 2v2, so um, if you do have a party, it's recommended that you play with the party, but um, it's a pretty fun game. They have a a decent range of characters. I'm pretty sure they're adding more anyway, and I heard some talk about uh, Godzilla or Gandalf, but... um, I mean, it's be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, I mean, if you have the Iron Giant and it looks like they kind of shrunk him, I assume they'll do the same with Godzilla, with Godzilla. which is kind of It's going to be yeah, a shrunk. I'm not a fan of that. Ew. I'm not a fan of that. That's Fair. not that's not Godzilla then. That's no, baby that's Godzilla. Not, yeah, Ew. basically. Ew. I don't know about Ew. that. Godzilla Jr. at best. Godzilla Jr. Disgusting. But I mean, the game is fun, and that's my experience with playing the game. As of the whole cosmetic system and customizing your characters, it's a little bit substandard because you have to literally buy everything to to actually. You have to buy characters as well, which is really that's annoying. typically how you played the old fighting games, if not unlock them by defeating. Yeah, but them you in had like a, a decent. Mode. But you had a decent range of characters from the very beginning when you had Mortal Kombat. How many characters did you start off with? Yeah, okay, that's, well, that's Mortal Kombat. I was thinking more so along the lines of, like, because I know Soul Calibur kind of had that system in place, sort of, Yeah, I remember correctly. You still started off with, uh... Yeah, but, like, eh, I don't know. Because you only start off with three characters in the game. Three characters that, the, the only three characters... There just there are only three character characters that are playable out of the sixteen character roster. But that's only if you're going online, right? But a majority of the game is online. If yeah. you want anything, or if you're gonna play the game in general, and everything's and online. I heard that it's rotating also. So like one it's week rotating, you get a, a but three, a set of three, and then the next week you get another set of three or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's really annoying because it's kind of expensive to buy these characters. It's not necessarily expensive, but it costs like 3,000 coins, which I don't think you necessarily get a lot of. And the only way you can even remotely get any rewards or any uh, of the in-game currency, which I'm not talking about Gleamium, and I'll get into that in a second, but gold, uh, you only get like 215, 250 uh, gold on one tier. No, on one tier. And every match you get like 100-something. So you got to play the the game you, a crap ton. Are, in, yeah. in other words, in a, to like buy another character then, right? They're trying to rob you of your time and your money. And for cosmetics, other than the battle pass, it costs like 1,200 gleamium for something that's decent. 
such as a KO thing. So you re- they're really asking a lot of you with this game. Well, I think that's been a, a, a criticism of free-to-play games, um, especially lately. I mean, I think it, it really, really came to a head with uh, Star Wars Battlefront and their loot system. Um, but, like, you know, there's been criticism. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Diablo Immortal, right? Where, um, you know, th- some of the games get you to a certain point and then you hit that paywall where if you want to progress or get any better, you have to, like, pay and stuff. And I, mean, I, I, I understand the need to make money on these games because these games aren't cheap to make. But I think a lot of people would probably, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, right? A lot of people would probably want to spend $60 on a game if it's worth it and you get all the stuff then being nickeled and dimed the entire way, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. You know, if I'm going to, if I want to play a premium game, I'm okay with playing, paying a premium price for it. I don't want to get it free to play. And then all of a sudden, $200, $300 later, it's like, okay, I just got half of the game so far, you know? Yeah. So it's a a little bit of an annoying uh, thing. I mean, the good thing is that you can play the base game on its own there's no there's not necessarily a paywall there's not necessarily a paywall that because you're not it's not stopping you from progressing it's just looking cool so mm-hmm. you said they had uh superman one million right the, arguably the strongest iteration of superman in the comics arguably well it cost more than the than the battle pass that so. makes sense he's a god yeah but batman the animated series skin cost more than the battle pass it's a, it's a lot to ask for so that's another kind of god not the same but <laughs> it's stupid so but. it's it's um before we move on I, I i do need to point out this game right now is an open beta right so this is not technically a finished product finished product um so maybe there's there's things that they are going to fix along the way before they release their gold master, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's that. Um, now, one thing that we found a little interesting, right? Um, so you said this game is it's mainly built for online gaming. I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. clearly WB has an eye on esports with this type of game, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, but we did try the local gameplay, right? And one thing that we found interesting, and again, that's why I kind of referenced that this is being an open this being an open beta, right? Is that if you're going to play any of the modes in local, you need to have either two or four players. You can't have three players, right? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't allow you to place bots. At least we haven't found it yet, right? Yeah. But it doesn't allow you to play bots to kind of fill up the roster, right? So mm-hmm. either you have to have two or four players in a, in order to play this game locally, right? Yeah. Which is kind of annoying, annoying and weird. Yeah. You know, I mean, the two player though was pretty pretty Fun. fantastic, right? The one on one. Something yeah. about LeBron beating. Uh, who who did you play yesterday? Um, 
played I a bunch playing, of characters. Yeah, I was playing a bunch of characters. I think it was Shaggy. Shaggy's my. No, name Shaggy right wasn't the one who got you beaten by Ultra the Instinct Shaggy. Huh? You didn't Ultra Instinct Shaggy. <laughs> God, excuse me. Um, I think it was either Shaggy. Bugs Bunny or Superman? Bugs Bunny was, was Bugs. the one that got Bugs? felled by LeBron James. <laughs> Bugs now, Bunny also got felled by my from... Tom and Jerry, too. God. Yes. Yeah. But LeBron is like OP, isn't he? Yeah, apparently. LeBron is the best character in the game. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy, right? Why does like, that there was like a point, I, I won't even lie, I was thing. just like legitimately button mashing. And you rung out. Yeah. LeBron that is was the first ring out else. of the game. It's kind of <laughs> annoying. But yeah, LeBron is supremely annoying in the game. Especially, I think it's uh, LeBron and Arya Stark who are probably like the most uh, annoying characters to play. But yeah, that's it. Okay. I mean, the so, game is a little bit laggy and that's it. it. It is a little bit. But like I said, again, um, this is still an open beta. So they still have time to kind of clear out um the issues that that persist and i've i've heard the same thing kind of happens in online right where um it, it does get laggy at some time at some points but for the most part i, I want to say you know 80 to 90 percent of the game is is pretty lag free right um it yeah. doesn't happen very very often now the the one thing that I do have to say is that the UI can get a little crazy. And so a lot of people who have played this game recommend you going in and actually changing the UI because um, in a game like this where you have like, you know, that super Smash Brother type gameplay and you have all this information, um, it gets a little bit hard to figure out what the heck you're doing at times because people get jumbled up and then there's numbers and there's names and there's there's things things like that that kind of jumble up what the characters are doing right um so the the premise of the game obviously if you don't know what super smash brothers is is that you're supposed to you're supposed to fight and you build up a a value right a damage value i guess and the higher you get the more vulnerable you are to getting kicked off the screen right yeah um what warner brothers does a little differently i guess is that first of all you can level up your characters right mm-hmm. so I, I believe eli you have superman at level seven right now yeah. right it also allows you to customize your characters kind of like an rpg because you do have four power-up slots right yeah um, and so you can change those accord, you know, according to what you get. You know, you can open these up, and you have um, perk slots for offense, defense, and special utilities you, and whatnot. It's basically skills. Yeah, it's basically skills. So it's the skills that pays the bills, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing is, and again, this is going back to the whole. Uh, the main mode uh, is two versus two, right? Is that these skills can um, stack each other if your other uh, teammate has the same skill. Hmm. So there's a level of strategy that's involved here um, that I don't think is present in some of the other games. Yeah, there are a lot of classes. Like I heard offhand, you know, 
and saw offhand too. There's like an assassin class, a mage class, which is very small. I believe it only consists of Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny, mm-hmm. bruisers, and a lot more. Yeah. Hmm. And then, of course, the hybrids too, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. Right. The The hybrid is dealing with... Um, so you have the classes, right? And then you have the things that are called horizontal, vertical, and hybrid, right? And that deals with the level of attack that you have. So if you're a vertical fighter, um, and I think the example that we saw was Batman, right? Mm. The vertical fighter means that his attacks has a tendency of, you know, hitting your character upwards. So if you're going to ring out with a vertical character, most likely you're going to hit them out upwards, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to the horizontal, they have a tendency of their attacks being more straight along the x-axis, right? Where So then that means instead of going up, you're hitting your characters, your strongest attacks are side to side. Hybrid, obviously, is a combination of the two. Mm. So, you know, it's important to know these things and, you know, it's important to kind of know the classes that you have, you know, there are certain tank characters and there are certain fast characters. And one, another interesting thing, and guys, maybe you want to talk about this a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there was a mention that weight, has, oh, yeah, weight does play. has something to do with, you know, the characters and gameplay. Yeah. Um, Eli, you want to explain that a little bit? I mean, um, basically, like, the more weight you have, like, obviously, Iron Giant would be a lot heavier. Um, the more weight you have, it has an effect on the gameplay, I'm pretty sure, right? Well, it makes it harder for you for to them ring to out. ring you out, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, when they ring you out. So that's basically, it. yeah. As long as you that's understand how to how to work around that sort of, there's a lot to work around to understand uh, each character because they're all unique in their own way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot to learn. It's definitely a learning game. So. That has a very, <laughs> that has a very WWE MMA type vibe where it's like you're dividing them up by heavyweight, welterweight, whatever weight divisions. Well, it's true. Kind of further highlights the fact that it's meant for like esports or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> because you know, again, the example that we were shown. Um, Harley Quinn is a very, very fast character, but she's also very light. So, you know, it really informs on how you are going to play the character. Now, the the thing about it is that these weight values aren't shown. So the the Internet and the community out at large, they've been trying to figure out the values. And so, you know, what they've seen, then there's a chart that, you know, we can we could put up um, in the uh, the comments section. Right. where you know they're trying to figure out who's the heaviest who's the lightest obviously the heaviest is going to be iron giant um but it it does make an impact on how you play the game because if you're going to be a fast character you got to know that you know chances are you could be knocked out very easily so you have to be really really good with dodging and stuff Mm -hmm. um the dodging mechanic in the game it's actually at first, I thought it was a little bit clunky, but uh, now that I've gotten used to it, I think it's just a matter of getting used to it. It's actually pretty decent. All you have to do is just, it's uh, 
very much like Elden Ring, where it negates the damage and you have a small window. So yeah, it's normal dodging. It's very interesting. I have I've only tested out with um the, I guess you could say the lightweight characters, mm-hmm. not the heavier weights. But um, it's really fun to like, especially on online. I'm messing around with kids, um, and it's just really fun to just mess with them by uh dodging their dodging all of their attacks and then. Not even trying to fight them, just dodging attacks. I'm like UI Goku. I'm just going freaking nuts. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely a fun uh, experience dodging. And yeah, stuff. and there's an addition of a jump dodge, which apparently jump isn't dodge. something that's normally associated with these games, if I yeah. remember correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think um, one of the one of the best um, ways of using dodge. Jump dodge. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dunch. Dunch job. <laughs> Dinner and lunch. There you Dunch. Go. Dunch. We know Dunch. what's on your mind now. Dunch. <laughs> um, but Wait. the game does oh, the game does something different from Super Smash because um when you fall out, you can wall jump as opposed to grabbing on. And so one of one of the effects is that you can use this jump dodge. As you're coming up yeah. off the ring, because um, otherwise, as you're coming up, if you don't use it, you'll just get thrown out of the ring again. So it mm-hmm. just adds another way of kind of like saving your you know what, yeah. you know. I think it's very interesting that they did that. And it really just goes to show how, how much more optimized this is uh, compared to Super Smash Bros., because in Super Smash Bros, if you ever play that game, you you know that if you're a beginner, it's literally impossible. Once you're knocked off the ring, you're done. And it's basically impossible for you to get back up because you have to what you have to do is, you know how they have vertical attacks in this game? And um what is it? In I forgot the name. Vertical and horizontal? Yeah, you know Hybrid. how they have vertical attacks in Multiverses, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow, for multiverses, so great! Yeah, yeah, vertical attacks and multiverses when done in Super Smash Bros. And let's say you're knocked off the ring, I don't think you can wall jump, so no. you have to spam vertical attacks, and there's only a limit, so you have to make sure you conserve energy to at least get you on the ledge of the wherever the state. Well, the, what do they call that? Tournament that winners? Huh? Tournament winners? I guess you, I don't you know. Get knocked off. Yeah, but um, it's it's annoying as hell in Super Smash Bros. That's why I like this game a lot more. So this so, game does yeah. does improve on the Super Smash Brothers um, kind of mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. The, the gameplay. Um, one last thing before we move on. Um, this being an open beta. Uh, what do you guys think of, and I, I know this is something that we were not complaining, but we were surprised at the lack of levels that are out so far. Actually, you know, I um, mean, yeah. Are, are you are you happy with, first of all, are you happy with the lack of levels right now? And I know, again, open beta, right? Yeah. But um, do you like the design of the levels? I mean, there's... There's a couple of cool ones, right? But yeah. I'm going to be frank here. And let me preface by saying 
I'm not a fan of Super Smash Bros. But the one thing I will say from the few times I've played and almost thrown a controller at the wall is that their levels are actually are actually decently designed for as much as I hate them. I cannot say the same for multiverses. They seem very for all the interesting stuff that's kind of going on in the background, it's plain. It's bland. Yeah, not yeah. Gonna lie. Like, sure, some of the stuff can be broken, but other than that, you don't have a lot of, like, you can go up, like, at least with the Super Smash Bros., like, there were tiers to the level. Like, you can go down, down, or make your way up. Mm -hmm. You don't have that exact same mobility here. Yeah, I, I think, what, the most you could do is, like, two tiers, Right? There's yeah, usually, there's usually on the sides those two platforms, and that's well. That's generally that's you know. generally Super Smash Bros. No, I they have more. It's as, much more elaborate. Okay, look, as me personally, I think the level design is decent. Um, it's not complex like Super Smash Bros. because it's not necessarily tiers that uh this game suffers from. It's more of just um, I don't know how to say it. There, there was a lot more to Super Smash Brothers than just uh, Super Smash Brothers levels than just tiers. They had like um, interactable, uh, like environmental. Oh, well, of course, that thing. too. But like, I'm not gonna expect that in a beta, though. And yeah, and that's why I'm saying it's a beta. And for a beta, it, like this is the generally like. In fighting games like the, these, they have foundation like levels, I guess you could say, where it's just the basic ones. There's nothing crazy about them, nothing too complex. And for uh, a beta, it's actually not that bad, considering they have like what six stages. And for most fighting games, that's all you're gonna get. So I'd say that it it isn't bad. There's still some improvement. Like I remember in Super Smash Brothers, you had what's his name, the Pokemon dude, uh, Palkia. And he, he, she, I don't know the, and Palkia would just come in and like yeah. shoot a laser at the second tier and you had to dodge it while fighting. Yeah. Legendaries are genderless. Oh, okay. So, so just but, say they. Yeah, they. So it's really, it. it's kind of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that they need to improve on. But I think that with enough, with, with enough time and when they finish the beta, everything will be good. So, yeah. And they need more characters because I think uh, the count right now is fifteen. They I mean, that's still pretty generous, and but like it could be more, especially since we're used it's, to more these days. It's and it's WB. They have a ton of characters that they can grab and put in. You know, it's generous, but you can't. The thing that I hate about it is that you only get three out of the fifteen. Oh, you're oh you're talking about online now. Yes. Well, online is the basic. That's the that's basically the game. You, if you're gonna play this game, you're gonna play it online. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm sorry. It's like about 18 characters. Um, but they they did mention that the first set of new characters is gonna be showing up pretty soon. I believe season one of the Battle Pass officially starts August 15th. And um, Rick and Morty is oh, coming. I heard about that. August twenty third. Guess what? Actually, no. Never mind. 
But you're probably going to have to buy the Battle Pass or do something to get uh, Rick and Morty because I know they're not giving you that for free. That's definitely for sure. So. All right. Um, I, I can't wait until uh, he unlocks Sheriff LeBron. Oh, God. Sure. You know, and stuff. Jesus All right. Christ. So that is Multiverses. Um, again, it's out. In open beta, you can go ahead and download it. It's on pretty much every platform <clears throat> available. It's on Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. Um, and so, you know, definitely go check it out. Uh, it looks like it's a lot of fun, and it looks like it has a pretty good foundation for WB to kind of build on it. Um, so we're definitely going to be playing this game and, um, you know, we'll give you updates on how this thing goes. I think, uh, you said you might be streaming this on Twitch at some point. I might be, I might yeah, be. So we'll know. see. So there's that. All right. Let's move on to our next subject. Yes, uh, this what? is something that AJ was looking very much forward to. Um, and we're talking about the film, the 2022 film, Prey. It Prey. is the fifth installment of the franchise, and it's a prequel to the first four films. And it's very important for me to say the first four films because it doesn't bring in AVP, those two films, into continuity, right? Technically, kind of. Oh, sorry. No, no, please. Technically, it also throws the predator to the wayside. Thank God. Right. So it it does it. This movie does a lot of weird things like that, right? I I feel like we're we're almost getting into the X Men type of universe when it comes to continuity. With, yeah. With the Predator yeah. universe. So um, it's supposedly, again, it's supposedly a prequel to the first four films. And it is directed by Dan Trachtenberg, and it stars Amber Midthunder, Dakota Beavers, Michelle Thrush, and the Predator, Dane D'Alegrio. Um, And this Predator is very, very different from any Predators that we've seen before, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So the story is set in the, great, the northern Great Plains of North America, and it's set in 1719, and it follows a... Um, Comanche warrior, or she wants to be a Comanche warrior, named Nauru and her tribe, right? And I, I gotta say, I I found that the the setting was interesting because it's not like a setting that we've kind of seen in the Predator franchises before, right? Um, the Predator franchises have always been either in like hot, sticky jungles or urban urban scenarios, right? And usually during the summertime when it's the hottest, right? And there's a reason for that, isn't there, uh, AJ? Yeah. Uh, well, this one was also set in the summer, just not nearly as hot. It, just, it didn't look it either, but I can assume it is. Um, but that's besides the point. Anyway, the reason why they normally come during times of heat is a because they just prefer that uh and b well i mean if you look at what heat does to people sometimes 
Makes them go crazy. So there's that chance of violence, right? Oh, yeah. Very, very violent. <laughs> you know, a, another reason, and it just kind of dawned on me, and I don't, I don't know if you, you've ever thought about this also, another reason why maybe they come during the summertime or times of extreme heat is that they don't do well with cold. Debatable, no, but in, in that terms movie... Of, in terms of them being able to see stuff. That would actually help them. Help them, yeah. There's Humans more... are hot. Yeah, Everything else true, is cold. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? That thought that dawned on me just went out the window. So, sorry. Right. Um, yeah. All right, but but yeah, that that's kind of the reason why. Um, so the story is about Naru, and she is a, a female warrior, a female wannabe warrior. Right? She's training and stuff like that, um, and she finds hardship because the the male her male counterparts of the tribe i i won't say don't respect her but they don't view her as a warrior you know they don't view her as having the stuff to be a warrior and so that kind of that kind of drives the entire film because it's her quest to try and prove not only them but to herself that she can do it right and so that's the backdrop that we get the predator and the predator just kind of gets dropped off and you know starts doing this thing now the movie posits this as the first encounter of the predator on earth right that's the time least, they ever touch down that's where we get the sense right yeah um and again this is this is kind of why we say that avp is definitely not canon you know with regards to this film because in that movie that set of movies they've always framed the predators as being here from way back like at least the earliest egyptian times if not earlier uh like the inca maya like around there okay ancient civilizations yeah so Let's talk about Prey. <laughs> Prey. Let's, let's talk about Prey. What did you guys think of the, the film itself? Meh. Of course you would. Meh. Um, okay. So we're probably going to talk about this a little later, but Prey has a lot of subtext that if you don't pick it up the first time, I'm not going to lie, it's going to take two or three viewings to at least pick on some of this stuff and i think that that's not necessarily the very best thing um i felt like it could have done a better job of conveying those things like maybe it doesn't have to be like completely in your face but it should be at least like a good distance from your face Mm -hmm. At least for me, it felt a little bit too far from your face, if you get what I'm saying. So let me ask you a question on this, because I, I think this, I, I kind of helped you with with that stuff, right? Because we, after we saw the film, you know, we had a good, what, like an hour discussion on it, at yeah. least and stuff, right? Um, And so there were, there were some things that 
I, I kind of showed you and said, well, you know, this is the reason why they did it. You know, why, why the filmmaker and the director made those choices, right? Um, when it comes to films like The Matrix, which are very dense, The Matrix also does the same thing. You know, like you have to watch that movie two or three times to really get the full context of what it it's trying to say because it's a very deep film. We don't, and and this is why I find it interesting because you know you hear that, and it's like for certain films it's a positive thing, but why is it for some films it's negative? You know, like. People love the fact that, and people go back to the Matrix all the time and say, oh, I just found out this new thing, you know. Um, and, and they've written books on the philosophy of the Matrix. That's how deep that, that series is. I've never heard anybody say, well, you know, it's, it's a negative because I had to go back and watch the film again to understand that certain I, reason, you know what I'm saying? But with other films, and not just Prey, itself but with other films it's like well you know it should have been more in your face not 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 saying that it should but you know what i'm trying to say right yeah i i find that argument interesting i think the difference between matrix and prey and i know i'm gonna piss piss a lot of people off but prey doesn't have much to offer baseline uh except for what you have to dig in there's nothing uh there's nothing crazy special about prey but com- in comparison to the matrix matrix had some of the best effects of its time right did it not and it also had a decent story th- to tell prey doesn't i i won't say it has the most fleshed out story because it doesn't um and its effects i mean okay its effects that it's not necessarily prey that doesn't apply here because it's just I think what really brings Prey out, what really made it a decent movie, what what basically um, the only thing that carried it was its ac- action. Otherwise, the story wasn't that great. I'm gonna say that now because there's there's nothing to offer there. The action was the only thing that carried it, and that's the only reason why people would. Oh, that's the reason why people probably would dislike watching it a second time to understand uh, more about what's deep uh, what's deeper in the movie um because there's nothing to it's not i don't know how to say it the foundation of the movie isn't interesting the other stuff is but you have to dig for that so otherwise why would you watch the movie a second time okay uh, it's weird that's fair know. enough you know that that's a pretty good argument um this is a movie that has been in development since 2016. Um, And and it's interesting because this was kind of working alongside the predator, which you do not like. Right. Um, It wasn't until, until January of 2020 where they started, where they said, okay, we're really going to develop this film and, and start working on it. Um, and any thoughts on that? Because, you know, this, it's strange to think about it, but this film was initially, uh, pegged for theatrical release and 
I guess it's kind of a how, how's what it's kind of a casualty of the 20th century Fox Disney merger where they've taken a lot of the films and they were like, okay, well, we're not going to really promote these films all that much, but we're just going to dump them on our streaming services and stuff. Um, which is a shame because if you look at the the reception that this movie has gotten, um, it's actually, if you look at just the Rotten Tomato scores, it's the most well-reviewed film in the franchise. Okay, well, even yeah. more so than the original Predator. Wow. So okay, it, it makes you wonder why Disney decided to throw this into... Hulu here in North America and Disney Plus, you know, internationally, when at the very least you could have probably thrown this theatrically and, you know, made a couple of dollars off of it because you look at it, it is Hulu's biggest um, streamed movie, TV, what? Well, ever. That's so disappointing. Oh ever. My God. You know? Well, you see, I don't, I'm going to try to think like a Disney exec for a second. They probably didn't see this testing well, so that's why they did that. But it ended up testing very well, and it's probably backfiring on them right now. So now probably the next one that comes out, this is me not thinking as a Disney exec anymore. Hopefully, will be a theatrical release. Hopefully, I mean they still have a chance to kind of like reverse and say, you know what, we're going to throw it into theaters, but people have already kind of seen it, so it's it's not going to yeah. have the same impact. How long um, does a movie take, real quick? Hmm? How long does a movie take to be made? Like a year, right? Year, year and a half. This one know. took four. Yeah. This one took four. This one, but this one. <laughs> well, was, no, this not one even stuck four. In, this one took six. six years. Yeah, but this one was stuck in development hell. It yeah. wasn't. Okay. They really didn't start working on it until January of 2020. So generally, horrible. films usually take like about a year, year and a half. But you know, development of it, and that's just filming. You know, development mm-hmm. and you know, previs and all that stuff conceptually could take so years. Also, so um, what know? what was the last four years or the last two years of, of 2020? What was like? Before 2020, what were they working on before 2020? We're working on the story, the script, and the, the story. Script, the story. Four um, years. Well, it's it's not only that. You know, they they were pro- probably trying to pitch it to the studio, yeah. and the studio was like, "Yeah, we'll think about it and stuff like that." You know, it's script not just writers, yeah, editing. They, they may, they you know, the executives may look at the script and say, "Yeah, I like this, but you need to change that." You know, things like that because the studios do get involved in okay. in the storytelling and stuff. So, um, so there's there's a lot of things that go behind it, and then you have to get funding. You know, so. There's a lot of things that go into making films um, that are underappreciated when people go and see the film and just trash it. You know, um, there is a lot of work that goes into that and stuff. But um, let's let's talk about the Predator itself because the Predator, like I said, is kind of a different type of Predator than we've seen before. Um, yes, I made the mention that he's a much leaner 
predator than we've seen sure. in previous iterations. And it's true. And um, the director made it a point to say that he wanted this predator to be a little bit more feral than the others. It's much more wild, much more, you know, untamed and stuff. And I think you kind of see that not only in the way that he looks, right? Because, you know, even his helmet is different. He doesn't have a very technological helmet. It's mostly made out of bone. Um, But just his actions as well, right? Yeah, like his fighting style is, I have to say, a lot more visceral than normal Predators. Like, Predators don't often use swords. This guy does. Yeah. Predators don't often use hammers. This guy does. <laughs> predators don't often use shields. Yes, this guy does. does. <laughs> <laughs> and he uses the shield in very, very cool ways, right? Yes. <laughs> like, it, I'm not going to say it puts Captain America's to shame, but Captain America's can't take someone's head, head off. At least not if he really tried. Yeah. Well, no, if he really tried, it probably could. But even then, this one is more razor-like and it's easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I and I, I think, um, and and I made the case to you, and, and I don't know if you still agree with it or not. I, I thought that this Predator was very, very raw and young in terms of how he operated and his experience level in terms of hunting. I believe so, too, purely for the fact that, see, the Predators are a very trophy-driven culture-type people, alien people. Some Most of the time, they'll bear some of these trophies as part of their regalia. Right. This dude was, like, green. He was completely he naked had for the most part. Nothing, nothing in the way of trophies. Yeah, no trophies, no armor. You know, it was, it was basically, you know, the predator version of let me solo her. Where it's just <laughs> he's just wearing the the loincloth and and a a helmet, right? More or less. It's a very <laughs> weird way to put it. But yeah. <laughs> Okay. And and for those who don't know, Let Me Solo Her is a uh a player who, who's gained fame and notoriety in the Elden Ring series. Um Community. he wears basically a diaper and a jar on his head and literally destroys bosses for you. You know, he'll he's like he'll he'll come into your game and help you destroy Specifically, Melania, one of the one of the harder bosses in Elden Ring. Um, but anyway, yes, he's he's a very green warrior, and I also I also had had made the argument that his journey kind of mirrored Naru's journey as well. You know, like they were they were kind of these two parallel tracks. And they were always going to crash into each other, you know, um, because let's talk a little bit about Nauru, right? Nauru is a character where she's shown that she's a very, very capable fighter, but she's learned a lot of this on her own. Um, the tribe refuses to recognize her as, as a warrior. Um, 
the the other tribe's warriors don't take her seriously. Even there's a part of um, her brother who kind of doubts her as well, right? And so, you know, that drives her to be a better warrior. And I think, and again, we were talking about this earlier, I think the fact that she had to train by herself made her the only person in that tribe that would have been capable of defeating the predator. Yeah. Cause of how out of the box her training was and all right. that stuff. Yeah. I, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Um, like one of the things, spoiler alert in terms of the movie should be up by now, but you know what? Now we're actually like really, really talking about stuff that happens in the movie. Um, one of the things she does, which kind of takes her tribe members by surprise, is the thing she does where she makes like a a rappel or or the axe. No. Yeah, like she puts she, a string on it to recall it back. Yes, mm-hmm. and they're like, <laughs> "What? You need a leash for your axe?" When see, and that that kind of I'm not gonna say shines a a light on their ignorance, but it's clearly something they never would have thought of and couldn't really see the use for. But it ends up being an incredibly effective tool during throughout the course of the movie. Right. And not even just dealing with Predator, but um, it also saved her life yeah. because she got stuck in a mud bog, right? Yeah, the bog. So, um, and using that tool enabled her to get out. So, you know, they they were on similar paths because, um, and I can't remember the, the name of the, the thing that she was on, but, you know, in order to progress and become a warrior, you had to hunt what hunted you, right? That yeah. was like the initiation or whatever. And I can't remember the name of it because it was a very specific Comanche name to it. And I'm going to search while we talk about it. But her journey her she ended up being the one hunting the predator as the predator was hunting her and for the predator it was kind of vice versa also right yeah he was on that similar path as well where it ended up that he was he had to hunt naru because naru was hunting him also so these two they were kind of on similar paths and i i thought it was fascinating that um, the director chose to take that tact, right? Having two very, very inexperienced warriors, but they ended up being the ones at the very end that survived, right? So, um, E, I know you weren't too crazy about the film. Um, any specific reasons aside from the fact that it just didn't seem interesting? Was Is there anything specific that you can say, you know, oh, well, this didn't work for me? The movie wasn't very complex, and I know it's a little bit to ask for for movies, but it had a very basic storyline. And even digging into the movie, there wasn't really anything, anything uh, crazy that you could find out sure you had this stuff with uh, a younger predator and they were both on the same path but even still that's so it's not interesting or complex to me 
because it's it doesn't really hold that much value in the grand scheme of things. If there was a lot, if it played a lot more into the plot, I think, which it sort of did, but that was, it was the plot. <laughs> it was so it was so vague, and like I said, it's just there's nothing very complex about this movie. It's a basic story with a basic lesson to tell, and just nothing more. You're too used to the MCU. It's not the MCU because the MCU is the exact same way. It's basic. There's nothing there's nothing new or complex about any movie in the past couple of years that we've had. So I mean, I it, I guess it's I I have really high expectations and I, I guess maybe I should lower my standards for movies, but Prey is definitely it's definitely one of the it's not great for me at least that's just my opinion there's nothing to offer here okay um before we wrap this up there's there's a couple of things i do want to i do want to mention um in terms of some of the actors in the film and and this is going to be a little behind the scenes and stuff but I, i always find this stuff fascinating um first of all I, I do want to speak on the the actor Dakota Beavers who played um, Nauru's brother. Um, he played Tab, so he was the the older brother. He was the the guy that ascended to the war chief in the film, right? Because of um, almost kind of like taking Nauru's thunder, right, with the with the mountain lion and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, he's 20 he's 22 years old 22 years old but um interestingly enough this is his first major role he was working at tj maxx while filming the movie that is that's some dedication no that is not kind of that's pretty impressive yeah so you know it's it's you know he he actually is in a band um and a band and yeah. a band <laughs> okay he's in a band called Sher- Sheridan Hill and you know they moved to Nashville in 2014 and you know he's kind of done the local scene and stuff like that and at the same time working at TJ Maxx and at the same time trying to be an actor and so when prey when prey came along you know he auditioned for it he got the part but he still you know was was kind of like okay Maybe this acting gig works. Maybe it doesn't. I'm still gonna keep my job in TJ Maxx, which is which is kind of insane because, you know, um, he was he was doing you know dive bars at night, working at TJ Maxx, and then all of a sudden the movie hits, and it's like, okay, well, I gotta go do this, you know. So I, I find that interesting. Um, in terms of the Predator itself, the Predator was played by a guy named. Um, what's his, what's his name? Oh my gosh! It started with a D, I think. Yeah, his name is. Oh my gosh! I can't believe that I I don't know this guy. Um, his name is Delegro. His last name is Delegro. I'll tell you oh. his first name. Dane Delegro. Sorry, I totally blanked out on that. Um, dude, six foot eight. He was a former basketball player. Wow, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and, and 
they wanted to bring he again going back to what Dan Trachtenberg said. The focus was to bring in a very svelte, feral type predator, and he kind of fit the bill. Now he's still physically imposing because at six foot eight and a half inches, and if you see this thing walking, you know, towards you, you're gonna be like, whoa! Regardless of how skinny he is, the guy is big, and he's still built. But again, it goes back to the whole, you know, let's make this a different type of predator. The last one that I wanna I wanna talk about, and probably the most important one, is Coco. Coco. We know who Coco is, right? No. Sorry. Oh, the dog. Oh, so cute story, right? The dog. Um was found in an animal shelter. Right? Mm. They 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 grabbed this little pup from the animal shelter, right? Um so that in of itself is an awesome story because literally, you know, from animal shelter to movie star. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> But even more interesting is the level of involvement that Coco had in the film itself. Because Coco, in a sense, forced himself into many of the scenes. Wow, really? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So Coco was not meant to be in all as many scenes as they were, but they couldn't find a way to get the puppy to do what they wanted to do. So, so... In essence, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as trained as you would think, right? So they were having a hard time getting the dog off the set. (laughs) So eventually they was like, okay, let's let the dog do what the dog does. And it turns out that he was a huge part of the film. He was also an awesome part of the film. So, you know, this is a case where it's like, you know. We see some stars that are kind of like campaigning for the for roles online through Instagram and social media, right? Coco did that, but he did that while he was actually filming the 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 damn movie. He was like, you know what? I'm here. You're gonna make me a star. <laughs> <laughs> so big props to Coco. I I thought those were kind of interesting, but especially Coco. Coco is. Uh, Coco is one that we thought was going to eat it throughout the film, right? Like, we yeah. thought that Coco yeah. was there just to expressly die, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's normally the case in films like these, though. You can't even lie. Coco was a big thing. Um, So let's talk about the end credits to wrap, to wrap this up, because I think this is a very important thing. Um, And... People, if you haven't seen um, Prey yet, um, please don't dismiss the credits because the credits you would think would be an an easy. What what it does is it basically retells the film in like cave drawing, right? In like very primitive drawing, right? Yeah, like cave drawings. Yeah. But the very end, it adds something that wasn't in the film. And this could be, kind of, oh, there's two things that we need to talk about. I'm sorry. Um, 
we forgot about the Frenchman. Well, I mean, but the Frenchman the is Frenchman. very, very oh. important. Yeah, for not only continuity in the Predator, but what happens going forward if there is a prey too, right? Yeah. So, in the film, the Frenchman, they're pretty much the villains, you know, a, a sub-villain of the film, right? But there's one very, very interesting prop that we need to talk about. That's the gun that shows up in Predator 2. Yep. So, in this particular thing, um, Naru ends up kind of befriending a Frenchman, kind of, sort of. And a, More a like weird... an uneasy alliance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, she's imprisoned by the Frenchman, but then there's one that kind of want to help her, um, and it's in his bench. And he's like the translator, right? Yeah. So he ends up teaching Naru how to use a French pistol. French pistol does become a very important thing at the very end when she's finding the predator, right? But it has greater consequence because this is the pistol that in Predator 2, when Danny Glover defeats the predator of that film, the clan, I guess, of the predators after The elder. Right, the elder grants him a gift. And that gift is that pistol that we see in Prey. So, that being said, now let's talk about the end credit scene. He gave him a he gave they gave him oh god they gave him a French pistol. Yeah, it's kind of like one a of tradition. their trophies. Yeah, it's like a tradition, you know, that they do that. If you're able to beat somebody, then we gift you something of importance to you as it's not the first time like a reward. You know oh, so they like killed in, so, they like killed her. That's. What AV? I mean, not AVP two. That's what Prey two. That's what might happen in Prey two. So we don't know dies. exactly how that's going to play so out. Let's but... talk about it because what what is the end credit scene that I'm talking about? Well, at the very very end of the storytelling sequence of the cave drawings, you see some very ominous clouds with some very ominous figures slash objects in it. We do. And what is that? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Those are Predator spaceships. <laughs> not one, not two, but three of them. Which, I'm not going to lie, is a little overkill, but... They sound in three? I mean, it might just be one big one, and it does just the clouds around it. I, I don't see any reason why they need to send three of their... Star Destroyer class ships to Earth just because one died. She killed like the president of the Predators. <laughs> that was not yeah. an elder. That was not an elder. Very clearly. But maybe it maybe it was like an elder inha- inhabiting like a younger Predator's body. Magic doesn't exist. <laughs> well, the implication is is that they're, they're coming, coming back. back. Okay. For revenge, we don't know, right? Well, but at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. I probably should mention that in tandem with the predator's greenness, there is a reason, an actual reason, why the predator is here to begin with. 
the reason why this young blood, as they probably would have called it, it's kind of a term that they use in the books, is here on Earth, and why he's killing literally every single thing he sees is because he's scouting. You have to remember that the Predators are a trophy-hunting-based race. And they haven't been to every single planet in the galaxy or universe, whatever. Mm -hmm. And as their first time on Earth, they got to figure out, okay, well, is this going to be a hunting grounds or is this just going to be a one and done, this place is boring kind of place, planet. So that's why you see it killing something as small as a rattlesnake to a wolf which poses not that much of a a threat to even a grizzly bear <laughs> and that had your favorite scene where he was literally bathing in its yeah. blood <laughs> coolest scene in the movie and eventually humans which eventually do kill them kill it and see normally when one of theirs dies that doesn't make them like, oh, okay, we should back off. No, 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 no. That just means this place is a great hunting ground where we will be challenged and forced to evolve and rework our tactics. Whoa, that's cool. Can they time travel? No. You sure? I am very sure. The, the race time of- travel would completely destroy this franchise. That would be cool. No, no. Predators no, time no, traveling. No. The race of predators is actually that actually has a, a real name. It's the Yota. Yaucha. There's a way. It's Y A U T J. J-A, I think, maybe with an I in there somewhere. I don't remember the exact uh, spelling, but that's basically the premise of the spelling. Mm -hmm. As for how you pronounce it, (laughs) good luck with that, because I don't even know. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very, yeah. So at the end of the film, um, Naru comes back to the tribe uh, with the decapitated predator's head. And in in similar fashion to how her brother ascended, she now becomes the war chief of the tribe. Um, we see that in the film. We also see that in those cave drawings as well, right before the predator, quote-unquote, invasion of whatever it is, it, it is that's going to happen. So the, the implication that we can infer from that is that if there is a prey too, most likely she's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, I mean, spoiler alert for prey too, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they got to get that gun somehow. Exactly. So somehow that gun ends up in the possession of the predators. Um, and like I said, most likely what it is is that she is going to be um, killed. Maybe we'll see a proper hunting party Murder. this time. Because yeah. normally a hunting party, again, I say normally. Normally, a proper hunting party comes in threes. What? And even though the movie isn't canon anymore, that was a tradition that was started not only in the comics, but with the movie 
AVP, which is no longer canon. Yep, good. No, not good. That was one of the better ones. It was okay. Better Actually, than it was a, no, Predator. I think that was, yeah, that one was decent. It's pretty good. That's with the Alien Queen, right? Yes. Yeah, it was okay. It was pretty good. Thank God the Predator basically not written out. I mean, but overall, uh, what are you guys' opinions? But yeah. I think this is the best thing we've gotten since Predators. And I'm happy. And that's not... To, okay, that's another thing. <laughs> to run down the list of Predator movies so that you don't confuse them. Yes, I there think that's a good idea. Predator, which is number one, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. The original and the classic. Get to the chopper! Come on, do it! Do it! <laughs> then there's Predator 2, which is the movie with Danny Glover and... The French Gun. Not as good as the first. Not yeah. a good film in general. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But then you have Predators. Why do you need... Why do you... Which is the newer version with... Adrian Brody? Yes, Jack Driscoll from the uh, King Kong film. Did they, make that, mm-hmm. did they think that making the title plural would make it sound somehow cooler? Yeah, because the original, the Predator. it's actually funny. The original concept for Predators was that it wasn't supposed to be just, because remember, it ended up being the normal Predator and three Berserker Predators. Okay. It's gonna be like it was supposed to be like 50 or so Predators running around in that film. There was a good cast in that film. Yes, there was. Lawrence there Fishburne was. was in it. Exactly. Uh, Morpheus. Morpheus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mashahala Ali was in it. You know? Yeah, he died. Um, who was going to be taking on the mantle of Blade. Blade. You know, there was a lot of really, really good character, uh, really good actors. In, and the movie wasn't that bad. I actually enjoyed that movie. And <laughs> it found a way to deepen the movies in the way the Predator, which is barring prey, the most recent one. Failed exquisitely to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and, and then. The Predator. Andre's favorite. <laughs> AJ's favorite. Sucks. Not to be confused no. with. Here's the, the here's the difference. What about AVP? Pre- A- so let me explain that also. Well, let me just get the continuity out of the way first. Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, is not to be confused with. The Predator. There's a the in front of Predator. Wow. How original. That's what also demarcates it as something that supremely sucks. I'm sorry to say. (laughs) That one's starring Boyd Holbrook, right? And uh, Who's that? The the guy that played um, the Corinthian in... That sucks. I like him. So he was he was the main star along with um oh what's her name Olivia Munn yes Olivia Munn was in it as well so those were the and two main Gordon stars. Gordon was in it too and such a waste because I like that actor too yeah but yeah the Predator now let's go on to the non-canon anymore even though technically the Predator is not canon anymore purely for the fact that 
it included stuff from AVP. Right. So, so you can easily write it off. The now. continuity is Predator, Predator Two, the Predator, Predators, then Prey. Prey. Well, actually, <laughs> if you want to go timeline order, it's Prey, Predator, Predator Two, Predators, and what then the, the Predator. Predator. The Predator can be written out because it includes stuff from AVP which has long since been abandoned as not canon, at least up until The Predator, which is now clearly not canon anymore. I'm confused, but move on. So then you have, this is like the completely non-canon territory now, AVP. Honestly, one of the best versus films of all times, in my opinion. Also a great cast. Well, it had it was kind of it was it was a pretty decent cast in my yeah, opinion. The at least. first one had Sana Lathan in it, yep, in the lead <gasps> role. I don't remember I don't the second one all that much though. Yeah, Requiem? it wasn't that good. Yeah, AVP Requiem was not great. Who was, was in that film? Unfortunately, it intro well it rather fleshed out a concept that I enjoy really well, which is the Predomorph. This is basically the hybrid of an alien and a predator. That sounds like some B movie type. Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody was in that film. Yeah, unfortunately, secretly the predators and the and the aliens had an affair, and then they had a, a baby Predomorph, and then well, the Predomorph ends you're up not ruling over the entire empire of predators and. Aliens or something. Well, that's actually an interesting discourse there because, first of all, that is what happened in AVP, although not as not the way you framed it. What ended up happening was uh, Scar, which is the predator that survives to the end. I thought you were talking about Scar from Lion King. No. (laughs) Each of these guys have names. Like, the first predator to die in that film was called the Chopper Predator. Chopper Predator? No, it's called well, or the Chopper. The Chopper? Yeah, because yeah. he had huge blades. Oh. That's why. There's a reason behind the names. Second one to die was the Celtic, who honestly has the best mask in Celtic, all of them. Celtic seems like he has the best name. Yeah, and then Scar, which is the dude who marked his mask because he didn't die. <laughs> Did they name themselves that? Was that the one from the first one? No. The first, no. The first, the first one, one died, died right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to remember. It's because the masks look very similar. Yeah, he had yeah, a very okay. classic mask. Wait, do the do the predators ever speak in the human tongue? Only yes. to mock them. Yeah. Like, like the, when... The first, in like, the first Predator, right? In the first Predator, he did. In the second one, he said, uh, when Danny Glover said, you are one ugly looking mm-hmm. oh yeah i remember and there was then, the dude uh and he was like in the middle of the minefield or whatever and his body was like he was like dead but they had like a voice recording oh well that's that's different that's uh, like oh well yeah that that too yeah but anyway do they wait and they laugh real quick, real quick. well do they re- they laugh <laughs> that was in of, predator one yeah the end of predator he was like mimicking he no he oh. was mimicking the <laughs> He was mimicking, oh, God, what was his name? It wasn't like Bobby. It was something else. The dude who does the, 
forget his oh, name. The, the the Native Native American. Yeah, um, forget it. Yes. So cool. He was the coolest one. Yeah, out of all of them. But anyway, watch these movies. No, yes, it was, it was a building evil laugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's the predator's laugh. That because he was mimicking. And he was doing a very Native specific American thing at, at the time, right? Yeah. Have they ever referred to each other's uh, each other as their names? Like, do I, do they ever say, "Hey, Scar"? No, the no, name, the names, like the names <laughs> are dude. given by the community based on their mask. Wait, so the humans name them? No, 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 no. The fandom. So it's the fandoms. It's half the fandom, half the people who put out these movies. Yeah. So. It's, it's the, their it's, fault for the naming process. It's the way it's the, the name, way that, the nomenclature is actually pretty ingenious. Yeah. But it's what the way you, you refer to that character in Lock and like, Key, Bodie. Lock and Key is kind of like. Well, you call him the Boderman. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. <laughs> okay. You're renaming the character to your own. Okay. The Boderman. Back, back to what I was saying really quick so we could like go forward. So what happens to Scar is that he takes off his mask for a second because, you know, he was marking himself. In the process of doing that, a face hugger latches on to him. And they worked together. Weren't they like a team? Yes, but he got incapacitated. That was before he was working with... Uh, you know, the last human survivor. No, I'm talking about the face huggers and the predators. No, they never worked together. They're not a team. No. I thought they threw the face huggers at the Oh wait, that's part of aliens. That's yeah. right. This is avian. The predators were hunting the aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so by the end of the movie, and only the end. There's a scar. Yeah, when Scar is already dead, the Predomorph bursts out of his chest. Yes. Well, he was killed by the queen moments before that, but thankfully the little bugger survived. But that's besides the point. In AVP Requiem, the Predomorph is not seen as something that could be remotely Predator. In fact, not only in the movie, but in the comics also, it's referred to as the Abomination. As in, that's not something that you want to have happen. Half Predator, half Alien? 100% 100% not good. They need to work on their naming process, but sure. But yeah. I got to I got to watch it again cuz I remember AVP being really enjoyable. And I kind of want to watch it again. I remember the too, Alien Queen, that was kind of I don't it didn't scare me as a kid, but it was like really fun. Yeah, cuz it was imposing and great. Huge. It was like a it was almost like a kaiju. I don't know how. Yeah, it's probably them. one of the one of the bigger alien queens you see in the films, honestly, because when you see aliens, that one is actually smaller than the one in AVP. Yeah. All right. So that is let's let's wrap up this conversation. Um, I'm not going to ask you guys what you thought of the film because it's pretty obvious, but I will ask this. Talk has been that we're going to get a Prey 2. Are you guys no. excited for that? Honestly, I 
I thought Prey was good enough on its own. I didn't think it needed it to. As much as I would like to see how the pistol eventually ends up in the Predator's grasp, I don't know. I, as much as I liked Prey, I don't know how I'd feel about a Prey too. I feel like that's a cash grab in my opinion. Okay. Um, before we wrap this up, I do have to make one more point on Prey, which, again, I thought was pretty awesome. Um Prey is a film that had a lot of reverence for the Native American culture, right? Um, They went out of their way to make sure that Native Americans were represented correctly to the point that there is a second version of the film. That is the Comanche dub or the the Native American dub. I I don't remember exactly the thing. Now, when we first saw the film and, you know, we saw this with, you know, my nephew, your cousin, right? Um, The thought was that they were going to just kind of dub over the voices, which we were like, okay, that's interesting. But upon deeper research, what ended up happening is that they asked the actors to come back and they refilmed a large part of the movie up until the French the French translator it was all in Native American tongue originally no no oh okay they came back to film that so I thought that's very interesting I do want to watch it in that that edition that version um, because I, I find that to be fascinating now I believe, if I remember correctly in in researching it, they did transition. um, They didn't film the entire, the entire, they didn't reshoot the entire film like that. It goes up until the point where um, the, they meet up with the French translator and then from there it transitions into English. But that's a pretty big chunk and that's, that's a pretty sizable investment in Fox and in Disney to bring back the actors to kind of redo the the, the scenes again because that's a big part of the film. So kudos to, you know, 20th Century Studios and, and Disney for for doing that because that that's just awesome. You know, representation matters and, you know, to have that respect for the culture I think is a great thing. So um, just wanted to point that out. Cool. All right. Um, On that note, we're going to call this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please remember again to rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening to this on your podcast app. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and hit that notification button. Um, we also have a channel on there as well, a playlist called Cross Gen Play, where us knuckleheads, um, you'll see us playing different video games right now. AJ is on part 13 of Informal Gaming, where he is playing Elden Ring from start to finish. Um, and he's getting requests 
from different people to do different things, which I think is really, really cool. You should definitely check that out. He's also on Twitch as AJ Ultima. That's actually transitioned to Diablo Ultima. Oh, okay. So there you go. So his his username on Twitch is Diablo underscore Ultima or yes. Diablo. Okay. Yes. So definitely go check him out on Twitch when he's doing his streams. Um, you can probably you know gain a lot of knowledge because the kid knows everything about Elden Ring and all its little secrets and stuff. Um, Eli is in a weird state right now in terms of cross cross gen play because he's been doing a number of projects he was working on he finished his elden ring run through um and i am the boss i am the boss yes i'm the one who knocks if if there is one video that you guys should definitely check out is his video finding the elden beast it is a classic video it is it is a video that gives me pure joy just watching him beat elden beast um i'll leave it at that definitely go check that out but he's also doing dark souls three was was and bloodborne right Right. and right now i think he's he's thinking about changing up again maybe to do something different we'll see um maybe maybe he'll you'll see a little multiverse there it is so um, right now, I finished my Elden Ring run, and I'm going through Ghosts of Tsushima, the Iki Island expansion, and we're going through that. We're going to try and play that, you know, from start to finish, so definitely check that out. So, like I said, if you like gaming, if you like streaming, uh, definitely check out the cross-gen play playlist in our channel. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. So... Um, guys, I think we're at the end of our stream, at the end of our episode. May our wait, hold on. No, I have to say my name first. My name is Darth Paul. Oh, oh Lord. Eli, 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 Eli. What's your name? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Eli. Eli. Not Jakushukushubib. Million Man Walt. Elias the First Hunter. <laughs> that's, that's actually that's pretty cool. Actually pretty dope. I'm not even gonna lie. I like that as a as a gaming handle. Yeah, it's kinda sick. So anyway, okay. So on that note, may our wrist blades cross again. There you go. Alright, later people. <laughs>